0: Christchurch, New Malden, Sunday the 22nd of May, 2022, 11 o'clock service. Tim Davis speaking in the series, The Fruit of the Spirit. Patience. Possibly even a bit helpful, I guess, if David, when he wrote that psalm, had told us just how long he waited, you know, give us an indication of what's an acceptable time to wait for God to answer a cry for help, isn't it? Um, is there a limit? Like time limit for how patient we're meant to be, don't Kind of wait patiently for the Lord. It could be a fun sermon. Patience. It's an interesting. I don't. Know, can we call them a segment of the fruit of the spirit? I'm going to call them. A, I'm going to call it a segment of the fruit of the spirit. It's an interesting one. I think it's possibly the most challenging one to employ in our lives. I try to think of some things that um, in our lives test our patience. Um, yeah, traffic jams, waiting for a delayed train on a crowded to commute, being on hold to a call centre with horrendous music for ages, and now the inevitable fun and joy of arriving back at a UK airport and trying to get through passport control. Part of the problem, I think, with being patient is that, if we're honest, we'd much rather be doing something else, something much more worthwhile and productive than the activity we're stuck in. But that's more of an inconvenience. You no, know, it happens, we get grumpy, we move on. Sometimes, things can be really challenging. I want to show patience when we're waiting for things. Needing to be patient really can be a test for us. Um, as many of you might well know, um, my wife, and my wife Jane and I have been desperately trying to move house Uh, Having had an offer accepted on a house last March, uh, we hoped we'd be moved in and uh, settled before our daughter was born uh, last August. And then we hoped we'd be in before Christmas. And then we hoped we'd be moved and in before Easter 2022. Little did we know when we first had the offer accepted on the house that we bought that we'd have to wait exactly 14 months before we would actually move which we did on Friday. Uh, and Jane wanted me to make sure I thanked so many people who've been praying and supporting for us this past 14 months of our move. Um, but I think if you were to ask Jane or I, if we'd waited patiently for things to progress with this house move, we would say absolutely not. There were many occasions, when we just didn't know if we would ever move. When it seemed more likely that the whole thing would just fall apart and collapse and fall through. And it definitely took its toll on us. We definitely struggled to be patient, waiting. But when I think about it, surely waiting, inconvenience, disappointment, these are just inevitable things which happen in life. We don't get to have everything we want it happen in exactly the way we want it and when we want it. So, do we really need God's Holy Spirit to endure the delays and inconveniences of life, which are surely just a part of life? We hear in that most famous passage from one Corinthians thirteen that love is patient. Love, a quality of love, is patience. This powerful gift of God, love, its nature, its purpose, everything about love, it doesn't really seem to have as part well of its purpose the need to kind of help us endure an hour-long wait at passport control. Seems a bit flippant use of love. Now, patience um, is actually a word uh, that's used in the NIV UK translation of Galatians chapter 5, where we get this description of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, it uses the word forbearance. And in the King James version, the word uses is "long suffering," which gives us more of an indication as to what we understand by patience in this context. Now, when we normally think of patience, we think of some of those examples that I listed, and patience is generally just associated with endurance and having to wait. But Galatians chapter five verse twenty-two and one Corinthians thirteen are not about endurance or waiting at all. They are not about the patience of being stuck in a traffic jam, the patience of waiting for a phone to be answered, the patience of being stuck on a cold, crowded platform waiting for a delayed train that you know will not have any seats to sit on by the time it gets to you. Now, the Greek New Testament has a word for that kind of patience. It's called this, hupomene, waiting, endurance, that kind of patience, that term is used about 32 times in the New Testament. But the patience in Galatians 5.22 and the patience used in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4 is of a different kind. It's the Greek word makrothumia which combines two word concepts. Great distance or long and passionate, uh, sorry, great or long distance and a passionate fierceness or temper. In short, uh, if you pick it up, Nathan. Um, in short, it's as, the Kong, as the King James Version says, long-suffering is that word. This is the patience of someone who has had to endure self-control, restraint, tolerance, whilst all the while being under great provoca- provocation or suffering. The psalm we had read uh, certainly suggests that David himself was suffering. Now he felt as if he was trapped in a slimy pit with no way out. He was being persecuted by his enemies, forced to flee from the safety and sanctuary of the royal household. And then the psalm, he goes through this process of acknowledging that God is there. Even when he's feeling overwhelmed by the stresses of life, God is never absent from him. but that doesn't mean that life is always going to be smooth and easy. I think sometimes when things go wrong in our life, particularly when it's unexpected, we call out to God and we say, God, help me. You know, we might even say that kind of perfect ironic patience prayer, which goes like, dear God, I'm in a really rubbish situation. Um, I just really need your patience to get through it. So please, Lord, would you give me patience and give it to me now. But we might also ask God, what have I done to deserve this? Why am I in this situation? We might question maybe previous actions, like did I do something that was so bad to offend and upset God that I'm being punished and somehow I deserve this? I think that's something David certainly picks up on, that theme of wondering if he's to blame for the situation he's in. I mean, he actually sort of questions it. And yet he acknowledges that he's a sinful person. But he says, I've not done anything wrong. So why does he feel so abandoned, so helpless? No matter how faithful David was and how much he had previously waited patiently for the Lord, he still feels aggrieved. He feels in need of some sort of retaliation, divine retribution on his enemies, the people responsible for his current predicament. But God doesn't just call us to show patience to other people around us, but also to be patient with the situations that we find ourselves in, in daily life. This is what's known as waiting on the Lord. Placing ourselves into the hands of God's sovereignty and waiting for him to bring about his purpose is what patience really is. In real life, it feels that this trusting in our father business is about more than just giving the narrative and schedule of our daily life over to God. It's not about saying, I trust that you'll give me that boyfriend or girlfriend that I've always desired and that perfect, great job and that wonderful house. Um, Just keep me patient until you give it all to me in the time that's right. That's not what patience is. Now, it's not just dictating the what of our preferred timetables to God and leaving the whens up to him. It's about trusting him with the method as well as the timing. And so that may mean being prepared to endure the bad times, the times of suffering. There are people who, for whom I think ongoing suffering just feels like a way of life now. people i know living with long covid we hear about the people in ukraine who have spent months underground not seeing daylight safely because of the war raging above them that's enduring suffering but with those things in our lives how do we even be able to see patience as a gift from god why do i want patience to be able to endure that kind of life I want it to end, not have to carry on and me feel okay about it. But to think, if there's one person, surely, in the Bible, that we can turn to for an understanding of patience and suffering, it's got to be Job, surely. You know, Job was a good and prosperous family man who suddenly was beset with horrendous disasters that take away all that he held dear. A scenario that was intended to test Job's faith in God. And struggling mightily to understand his situation, Job reflects on his despair, but consistently remains devout. Devout, so we're told. You now, the tradition is that he was he um, refused to curse God and claim injustice. We hear the phrase from James and New Testament: the patience of Job, as if he accepted his current lot in life, and yet. When Think of the reading we just heard. It's not quite that stoic, really, is it? Job was anything but accepting of his fate. His friends came round to offer him counsel and support. And when finally Job speaks, he says some of these words. May the day of my birth perish. May gloom and utter darkness claim it once more. May those who curse days curse that day. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Not really the ramblings of a man who's happy and content and accepting his lot in life. He wishes he'd never been born. But surely, surely Job can trust God, right? He knows that he just has to wait patiently for God to act, and all shall be well. He knows there's nothing that, you know, it's out of God's hands. Not quite. I say to God, do not declare me guilty, but tell me what charges you have against me. Does it please you to oppress me, to spurn the work of your hands, while you smile on the plans of the wicked? Do you have eyes of flesh? Do you see as a mortal sees? Are your days like those of a mortal? or your years like those of a strong man? That you must search out my faults and probe after my sin? Though you know that I am not guilty and that no one can rescue me from your hand. Your hand shaped me and made me. Will you now turn and destroy me? He's not a happy man, Job. He's almost saying to God, what are you... Doing? Have you literally nothing better to do than to torment me in life? When things go wrong, badly wrong, do you sit and wait patiently for things to be over, no matter how long it takes? Or do you call out to God, complaining, demanding to know why he's letting whatever terrible event is happening to you? And so would patience really help? Isn't it better just to have a good old, self-righteous, self-centered moan? Now, after I have to question, what is so special about patience? The Old Testament is this continuous saga of God's patience with his people. When time and time again, they stray and wander away from him. He loves them. He forgives them. And he bears with them, even though soon enough they will reject and abandon him again, turning once again to false idols and other gods, forgetting all that the Lord had done for them. And I do wonder, couldn't God have just rained down some fiery judgment on these ungrateful people, smited them for all of their rejection of him, started over again with a bit more gratitude, like grateful people, perhaps. But God's way was and is different. God's long-suffering, his patience, emerges from love. God's freedom to love freely is God's prerogative to exhibit what to us looks like patience. But as a matter of God's character, is at the core about love. Love that restores, love that saves, love that reconciles, love that transforms. God is patient and his spirit produces the fruit of patience in us. When we are patient, we leave room for God to work in our hearts and in our lives and in our relationships we lay down our own plans and desires and trust in god's we thank the lord for what and whom he has placed in our lives we let god be god in our lives in psalm 40 david says that god has put this new song into his mouth Now, each time we feel like we're delivered from the crisis of our life at that time it feels like a new start The darkness, the difficulty is behind us. We go on, comfort, courageous, bold, thankful. We've learned something of God and of our relationship with him. And yet it's always going to be a recurring pattern. The next problem comes along, and the next one, because that is life. Good times, bad times. But patience enables us to focus on God instead of living lives independent of him knowing that we can turn to him in times of need and trust in him and be grateful and thankful to him in the good times. Developing the fruit of patience in our lives is something that is done throughout our lives. If you think of an infant just starting to crawl, what they really want to do is stand up and run. And when they stand up and run, they want to be able to climb up things that are just out of them. But they need to learn patience. able to do things when they can and when we get older in life we have to have patience as things take a little longer to do than they used to previously patience is an end something throughout our lives My favorite theologian stanley Hauvas, uses the illustration of baseball uh, when talking about patience Uh, because to be honest if there was ever a game you need patience to play or watch it's baseball I don't know if anyone's found themselves kind of late at night flicking through the sports channels and seeing baseball. I'll just see what all the fuss is about. There's a great American game. Five minutes are kind of like, I prefer the test card. I don't know what's going on, but literally nothing is happening. Halvas describes baseball as a slow game of failure. If you win, only even half the time, you're doing well. And not only that, a game takes nine innings. Nine times the players that all go around. And the seasons are very long. During a game, yeah, I don't know you ever seen it, these things last hours. They go on throughout the evening in America. And during the game, it often seems like little is happening. There's just people sitting around, some sort of waving weird hand signals at each other. But of course, this is only true for those who don't understand the game of baseball. It can take training in patience to be a baseball fan because you must acquire the knowledge and habits that allow you to see how engaging the game is. I bet if you asked Americans they say exactly the same about cricket and yet to suggest that cricket is boring I think is a sacrilege in this church but you know as a player learning to catch and throw and hit perfectly in baseball is very hard. But having learned to do all those three things can make you really happy and enjoying it. Providing you like baseball, obviously. Patience is something that we need to keep practicing in our lives. We get better at things when we have patience to improve. Too often, we have too little of patience. We hurry, we rush. We get impatient. We get less forgiving of people. We arrogantly can think that our way of doing something or our vision for how something should be is the only way, is the best way, is the right way, surely. Church life can sometimes be problematic when we get like this. And it's particularly poignant with our APCM today that we think about this. We can be too fixated on the changes that we think are the right ones and which we desire to see. Now, it's inevitable in a community such as a church or others that you can get frustrated by the people who make up that community. You may even get angry with other Christians at times. But you must also be patient. And this means you must be ready to forgive as to be forgiven. The community necessary to be a church takes time. And that's time determined by the patience of its members. You may be frustrated by the time it takes for people to be who God would have us be. But remember that God has given us all the time in the world so that we might be patient with one another. The truth is that we can be patient. Only through being made patient, through the patient love of—sorry, oh, others. I said that again. The truth is that we can be patient only through being made patient, through the patient love of others by the Holy Spirit. When we consider what patience calls us to do and to be, it is tough. There's no denying it. When we endure suffering and persecution, we want to say that's not fair. I deserve justice I want my revenge it's impossible for me to remain patient any longer Or we can be like Job bemoaning our troubles wondering what on earth God is up to ask us to be patient when surely nothing could get any worse and and when we're already at the lowest point we could be and expect us to be content to remain there that's surely impossible But that is why it's called fruit of the spirit fruit of the spirit none of the fruit are things that we manufacture or plan or muster up enough strength to do it is the work of god's holy spirit in our lives we don't control the holy spirit but we defer to the leading and prompting of it the spirit is the spirit of god whose character is shaping and forming our own lives, so that our lives exhibit the life of Christ in what we do and say. The fruit of patience, forbearance, long-suffering, is connected to love, to joy, to peace, to kindness, to goodness, to gentleness, to faithfulness, and absolutely to self-control. It assumes that exacting revenge is not the default approach. That the law of retaliation must give way to the law of love. And ultimately, what is it that we are being patient for? Christ's coming and the kingdom of God being established here on earth. As the Bible says, no one knows the hour or the day, but we look forward to our eternal future with gladness in our hearts and wait well for the day when we will be truly satisfied. When other people frustrate you and you feel the overwhelming urge to snap and lash out, take a moment to remember the immense patience in which God deals with us in our lives. If you want a reminder of his patience and his patient character, have a read through the book of Exodus It's staggering to see how many times God is patient, long-suffering, because of his love for his people. And You see the similarities between the Israelites and our own hearts. And the frequent ways that God lovingly bears with them despite their constant failures. And when you're feeling like David, stuck in a slimy pit of despair, or like Job, plagued with troubles... Meditate on God's kingdom, the promise of that. In a world that tells us that all we really need to be happy is the latest edition of something, or the most glamorous relationship, or the flashiest job, or the most Instagrammable life, let's instead engage with this world that we find ourselves in, the good times, the bad times, but do so whilst patiently pursuing the true fulfilment of all our longings. The day when we see our Saviour face to face. Thank you, Tim.